On today's episode of the Locked On Texas podcast, we hear from the listeners and viewers from the YouTube comments. We look at the injury report and how that will affect the game on Sunday. And Davis Mills, this is the first time he's going to the offseason with just focusing on football and how that would affect his confidence for the 2022 season. But first... Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Cody, I'm going to start this show by saying we are two out of three of the glasses game. You guys know me, John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by Cody Davis of the Locked On Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are free and available on all major platforms. And before we talk about football, put your four up, put your zero, put your zero. <laughs> we hit 400 subscribers. Guys, if you can't tell, I'm super excited, but I'm happy and I'm thankful that you guys have gotten us to 400. Only, I want to say 597 away from 1,000 subscribers. We've worked our ass off, but Mm. That's working our ass off. We don't get to this point without you guys. I really appreciate it. So I thank you guys once again. Uh, today's episode, man, week 18. Again, it sounds so weird saying week 18 instead of, instead of 17. But the 17th game will commence on Sunday as the Houston Texans take on the Tennessee Titans. And the injury report does show on Thursday Jordan Akins did not practice. Uh, offensive lineman Justin Brent was limited in practice. Chris Conley did not practice. John Grenard and Kamu Gougier-Hill, they were both limited in practice. Chris Moore did not practice. And, of course, number four, <laughs> the 18th week in a row, he did not practice with an undisclosed uh, injury or whatever, right? Um, not really. Not, not injury-related. That's what they listen to. Not injury-related, but uh, it may be birthday-related. Uh, you know, over the week. Time over the weekend and celebrating his girl's birthday, but – you know, we're looking at a situation where Jordan Akins, Justin Brick, Chris Conley, Gennard, Kamal Grugier-Hill, Chris Moore, all of those guys have been key contributors for the Houston Texans, whether it's big or small. They have contributed a lot to this 4-12 and season as of right now. And I kind of hate it. I want to see John Gennard get out there and finish the season really strong. Um, but he won't. Well, you know, right now he was limited in practice. I hope that he plays on Sunday. Chris Moore and Chris Conley, the two Chris's, along with Jordan Aikens, they didn't practice. Cody, what's going on with that situation for the Texans? Well, look, both of these guys, you know, one, Chris Moore, he is still battling an illness. Of course, it's not COVID related. And um, Chris Conley, he's battling a knee injury. Um, both of those guys, as you mentioned, they did not practice on yesterday. As a matter of fact, they didn't practice this entire week. And, John, you know, when you look at Sunday's game, the season finale against the Tennessee Titans, to be honest with you, I would not be mad if neither one of those guys do not play. As a matter of fact, I'm actually hoping that they go into this game and Chris Conley doesn't play. 
And I only say that because, look, this final game of the season, this is going to be one of the most important game of Nico Collins, Nico Collins' career. Because, look, if he go out there and step it up as the Texans' number two wide receiver, then that's going to give the Houston Texans an opportunity to not focus too much on what type of receiver that you're going to bring in for the 2022 offseason. Now, look, I think it's safe to say Brandon Cooks will return. I'm not sure what his contract is looking like right now. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he has one more year left. But even if he is up for a contract extension, then I'm pretty sure he's going to come back. But look, after Brandon Cooks, it's wide open of who's going to take the helm as the Texans' number two wide receiver. When you take a look at um, Nico Collins's rookie class, Davis Mills is basically wrapped up to be the starter for the Houston Texans in 2022. I think it's safe to say, especially knowing that they're going to move on from Jordan Aikens, and of course you have the situation going on with Pharaoh Brown, which I would not be surprised if they move on from him next season. It seems like the day one starter in the tight end position is going to be Bourbon Jordan unless they look up and get somebody better. So you look at that offensive side of the ball and you think to yourself, okay, where does that leave Nico Collins? If he goes out there, and showcase that he can be, let's say as of right now, a solid number two option, that's going to put him in a really good situation going into the offseason to know what he has to work on. And, of course, that's going to give the Houston Texans a little bit more confidence to say, look, we have a lot of holes to fill, but because we have that guy lining up on the opposite side of Brandon Cooks, I think we're going to not put too much emphasis on who are we going to bring in in that wide receiver core? But that's just my thoughts on things. But, you know, I, at the end of the day, John, this injury report, I don't think it's going to be too important, except for John Grenard, because like you, I actually wanted to see him finish off the season strong. I think one of the things he has to work on is his health, because it seemed like that's the only thing that has been getting in the way of him um, continuing his career year here in the second season. It's just been injury. And by the way, since we're talking about the injury report, well, what is this? Week 18 for the 17th week, because you know they had the bye week. I'm praying to God that this is the last time we have to look at Deshaun Watson, not <laughs> injury-related on the injury report. I can't believe this man did it, John. This man set out for an entire season. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to really get too much into that, but for John Gennard, you know, I just want to see him get out on that field and finish strong because I don't know if Houston has a lot of nucleus guys. Right, like I don't, I don't know if Ross yeah, Blacklock is one of them. Right, but Ross Blacklock talked about how much he wants to improve in 2022 as being a leader. But when mm -hmm. we look at the future, when I say the future, the NFL is not for long, right? So the future is in the next two to three years. You, they don't go into the next two to three years without considering Grenard a nucleus guy. They don't go into the next couple of years without considering him somebody that can rush the pass versus rusher. And I think he needs his last game to just get that mojo going. He's had a great year. Uh, one of the biggest jumps from year one to year two or any year that I've seen sack-wise from year one, I don't think he got a sack last year. Now, I want to say he's at eight and a half. So just need to get playing time, was able to prove that he, he has a talent for the NFL. How does this affect things on Sunday? Well, I don't necessarily think it will affect – an outcome of winning or losing. I think Houston is, you know, kind of right now primed to lose on Sunday. The Tennessee Titans need a win so they can get their number one seed, which will help them out in the long run, giving Derrick Henry an extra week mm -hmm. to kind of rest and get back to things. But you pointed out Nico Collins, kind of foreshadowed what I want to talk about uh, for next week. 
how important it is for Nico Collins to get these game reps. There's a lot of things that I think he needs to work on in this game. Nico Collins has great hands. Nico Collins has great the, the ability to those sideline catches. He's great at those, and he knows how to use his body. However, there's still some things that I think he needs to improve on in this level in the NFL so he can be a solid number two receiver uh, alongside of uh, Brandon Cooks, as you mentioned. Now, I do want to mention and look at the Kamu Grugier Hill. Kind of funny he mentioned that week 18 is only for the owners. He doesn't really care about it. And I, I kind of feel like a lot of the players are in the same boat that week 18, 17 games. I don't think that is set well with a lot of the star players, or not star players, but a lot of the players that, you know, just may not want to play ball that much in this physical sport. 17 weeks, 18 weeks, 17 games is a lot. But Kamal Grugier Hill, I don't think he's a player that needs to prove anything else. He just needs to make sure that he's back for next year. Mm. And you mentioned with the wide receiver position, I think this is the last we see of Chris Moore. Uh, they brought in Philip Dorsett. I think he's going to return for next year. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Through 2022. So for Chris Moore, he needs to really play. But I don't think that him playing or not is going to do much for his future for the city of Houston, for the Texans, maybe for another team. And I do want to mention really quick because I didn't know for sure. Brandon Cooks does have one more year left on his contract. So unless he demands a trade, he's going to be here next season. So, you know, I just wanted to throw that little tidbit in it because I really didn't know from the top of my head. No, no. And I think Brandon Cooks is a player that Houston should bring back. He's done a lot for him this year. Unless they want to, mm. you know, kind of send him off like how they did Mark Ingram to a team that you would think is going to make it to the playoffs. The Saints, I don't think they're going to make it. They're not going to make it, actually. So, uh, they're not, uh, but you know, when I look at Brandon Cooks, unless they want to do right bomb, he will be a Houston Texan for next year, rightfully so. Another thousand yard receiving season under his belt, and he does a lot for that rookie quarterback in Davis Mills. And I can't wait to talk about Davis Mills on the other side of the break. But before we do that, let's dive into Built Bar, the best protein bar on the market. When we look at this holiday season, we may have overdid it a little bit, however, with the holiday season does come New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you have Bill Bar in your plan. Bill Bar is the Bill Bar, excuse me, Bill Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar at times. You want to eat healthy, but sometimes I get it, it gets boring. And by week three, you may be looking at your other protein bars, how you look at the Texans. It's all a waste by week three. You may be thinking that it's just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well, Bill Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. And most of the Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of those net carbs, which you want to stay away from. So go to Bill.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Again, go to Bill built.com use promo code lock 15 to get 15 percent off at built.com and i also want to tell you texan fans about an incredible app everybody who buy gas needs to know about and that's get upside our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now use promo code touchdown for nfl or score for college and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that'll be up to 50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. It's not worth it. 
And I want to say you got some money, right? So get that cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college to get up to 50 cent uh, gallon cash back for your first tank of gas. Welcome back in Locked On Texan fans. And remember, we are free and available on all major platforms, including YouTube. And I want to shout out, thank you guys for making us your first listen. But I want to shout out my boy, Patrick. It seems like every day, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, with any episode, he does tweet <laughs> us and let us know now listening to Mondays, Locked On Texan, or he'll tweet us uh, first listen. So I'm looking at him, and I want to just say thank you, Patrick. Thanks, for my guy. Your support, views, and listens. We really appreciate it. But Cody, you know, you had an opportunity to talk to Davis Mills and ask Davis Mills, I think, a very important question that a lot of people who may be teetering on whether or not the quarterback of the future is Davis Mills or not. One thing that I liked about this question that you're about to play is that he gave a clear cut answer. Go ahead and drop that for the listeners. Hey, Davis, with um one game left into the season, I was wondering, have you already started putting together like an off-season workout plan? And if so, what are some of those things you are actually hoping to improve on throughout the off-season? Yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out. A lot of it's mainly focused on this last week, the last opponent, um, before I switch my focus to the off-season. But, um, I mean, I'm planning on staying here in the off-season, working out through our facility and try to get some of the the rookies from this year and some of the younger guys on the team that we can build on um, to stay here as well so we can continue building chemistry in the offseason and um, come out next year and start playing uh, really well at a high level. I honestly do believe that that might have been one of, if not the best response anybody has gotten out of Davis Mills all season. And I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. And, I'm at, and I actually hope, and I actually hope, that Davis Mills actually used this offseason just to be uh, just show a little bit more character than his media availability because sometimes Lord have mercy he be so dry. But but that's my guy. That's my guy. He a rookie. He gonna learn. But you know, uh, as you guys just heard the interesting ex- exchange that I had with Davis Mills. Of course, as we all know, Sunday is the season finale, and of course, this means this is the end of his rookie season. And I just wanted to pick his mind to see whether or not he had an opportunity to start putting together an offseason, putting together an offseason program in order to continue his development as a starting quarterback for this team. And I also asked that question not only to see, you know, has he started doing offseason stuff, but I also wanted to, to, to kind of pick his brain to see if he did get a little bit too complacent because he knows unless they bring, I don't know, somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or somebody that's way out there to be the Houston Texans starting quarterback for 2022, he's really not going to have that much competition. But I like that answer that he gave because one, it showed that this is a young man that is never going to stop working. It shows his work ethic. And two, and most importantly, I also think, and I think this is also get lost in the shuffle, is also showing that this is a young man starting next season. We're going to see him take more of a leadership toll because remember, John, you listen to that clip. Not only did he say that he's going to stay here in the city of Houston and continue working out and continue training, but he's going to make sure he do it with the rest of his rookie class, i.e. Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan. So there is so much out of that, what, 
15, 20 second clip that I just played. That is so much that you can actually dissect from Davis Mills answering. John, once again, I call myself a Davis Mills supporter. I do believe that he is going to be a starting quarterback as for week one of the 2022 season. And even in a slim chance that they do bring somebody that can actually challenge him from that starting role, him saying that he's going to take the offseason and work out with his teammates, him saying that he's already starting to put together an offseason program is kind of letting everybody know <laughs> if you want to be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans in 2022, you're going to have to go through me. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard because, look, once we started going, once we start going through OTAs and training camp and all this other good stuff, the relationship, the chemistry, the camaraderie between him and his and, and, and his targets, Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan, I'm pretty sure um, Brandon Cooks might be involved in all that as well. That's going to be a hard thing, though. That, that's going to be kind of hard for any quarterback to come in and just disrupt. I, I, I love Davis Mills' answer, man. And, you know, once again, this man, he's showing his leadership. He's showing the will to continue working and, and to continuously get better as a starting quarterback in this league. Yeah, he did mention that he wants to get some of those vets out there as well. And remember, like we just mentioned, Philip Dorsett will be returning for next year. Oh, he's right definitely going to be out there as uh, well. Brandon Cooks will be returning for next year as of now. So those vets and those uh, rookie class members all working together, that's something that we want to see. And I also think that's something that Tyron Taylor didn't get opportunity to do because of the roster overhaul, right? But let's take a, take, let's take a step back. This is the first year Davis Mills, since entering college, has not had to A, worry about sitting a year, red shirt, B, worry about competing for the starting job. Remember, he sat behind uh, KJ Castillo over at Stanford. And then remember, when he got the opportunity to play, he set the school passing record for over 500 <laughs> passing yards. Or he's not trying to do things in a short amount of time on the fly because in 2020, mm. guess what happened? COVID-19. And so the past three years, he's at the battle against uh, the, the, the next guy up, whether it was uh, the, the, being a backup or injury, or just like everybody else in college, not having that opportunity to really play the full amount of games you can. And so that is what's going to really be, I think, it's going to separate him from what we saw this year in the last couple of years and what we can possibly see moving forward. That confidence of knowing that I don't have to look around I'm on my shoulder no more. I'm the number one guy. I don't have to worry about too many precautions. I, I look at the NFL just like at the NBA and with COVID numbers rising, I, I look at them just saying, hey, we got to make our money. We're going to make it regardless. And we're going to do everything we can to put our players out on the field, but we're going to do everything we can to put them out there and be safe and healthy. He hasn't been placed on the cover list so far this year. And so I think that's what we need to be more so excited for is that this young man, as of right now, he doesn't have to worry about the in front of him opposition. And before, that's been an issue. Whether that had been, like I mentioned, just being a backup or COVID, he's always had to worry about the things that he can't control. Moving forward, he could control staying in Houston and at the facility for the Texans and getting his guys on the phone and say, hey, man, calling you up i know we just finished the season you guys go out there and enjoy your off season but we got to get back i want to say let's get back a little bit earlier let's get out here on this field let's do what we can to build this chemistry we didn't get opportunity to do that last year we were both young pups and if i'm calling nico uh collins or brevin jordan 
through both young guys. Now let's get on the field and get this chemistry. Because we look at him and Nico Collins and we can say, okay, well, I think that could be pretty good. I more so look at Davis Mills and Brevin Jordan. A tight end has done wonders for a lot of young quarterbacks in the NFL and even for quarterbacks like Brady, right? Or we look at mm-hmm. the, rejuven- the rejuvenation of when Drew Brees got Jimmy Graham, right? Drew Brees was setting numbers when he got Jimmy Graham. And I think Brevin Jordan and Jimmy Graham have the same type of playing style. And so that's what I'm more so looking forward to, just him getting that opportunity to go out on the field, look around. I'm the man. I'm the man. <laughs> and as the man, you answer a question like that, that's a bonus for me, right? That mm-hmm. proves to me that you really want to be the man. Now, will it work out? Not 100% sure. Everybody wants to be the man until it's time to be the man. But at least I know you're going to prepare to when the time comes, you're going to be as ready as you possibly can be. John, can I say something real quick before moving on? I just don't know how anybody can look at the progression that we have seen from Davis Mills from the time that he stepped foot on the field, replacing Tyrod Taylor, we two against the Cleveland Browns, all the way up until now as we prepare for him to close out his rookie season as a starting quarterback for this team. I don't understand how somebody can look at his progression and not get excited for at least what next year can bring for this young man. Because I'm sitting here, and I'm sitting here looking at his numbers, you know, 2,336 passing yards for the season, 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. You know, I, I understand those are not eye-popping numbers, but, John, the one of the things that get me excited about Davis Mills, even beyond his progression as a quarterback that we've seen throughout his rookie season, it's the fact that this is a guy who was drafted in the third round. And if we rewind all the way back to April, how many quarterbacks stole the headline, rather that be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, uh, even Trey Lance, a guy who I, only I played, what, say, three college games? Yeah, um, Zach Wilson. Trask, I don't want to cut you off, but Kyle Trask even got some headlines because – Kelly Mond. Remember how big I was on Kelly Mond? <laughs> you were big on Mond. Kyle Trask got the headline because, okay, well, the Bucs are drafting a quarterback. And, and so I think he got, even got some headlines with that as well, considering the Bucs had just won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just don't understand how you take a look at a draft in 2021 that was real quarterback heavy. And I do believe a lot of these guys are still going to curve out a really good career, especially a guy in Jacksonville. But – here we are about to finish the 2021 season, and you could honestly make a fair argument that Davis Mills has been the second-best rookie quarterback out of everybody in this class. I understand guys like, like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, they are not in the best situation. Hell, I even throw Justin Fields in there, you know, someone who is not in the best situation, and I'm pretty sure if you give them the right coach, you give them a right set, of, um, a better circumstance, you give them somebody like Brandon Cooks on their team, maybe they will start showing why they are better than Davis Mills. But look, I, I, I just don't see how people cannot get excited, at least for next season, John, to your point. We don't know how far Davis Mills can take the Texans, but I'm just hoping that it works out because I would love to see the Texans go through a quarterback change similar to the Los Angeles Chargers when they went from Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert. 
Normally, when you go from a franchise quarterback to your next franchise quarterback, there's this five-year gap where you're just searching and you're just cycling through quarterbacks. And just th- you know how great that would be for the Houston Texans to, yes, regardless how you feel about Deshaun Watson, he's no longer walking through that door. But for them to go through, go go from Watson to Davis Mills and Davis Mills actually, let's say, take the mantle as the franchise quarterback, it's going to do wonders for this Houston Texans rebuild, man. Yeah, and – as you mentioned, if it's just a one-year drop-off in terms of quarterback play, not necessarily team play, mm-hmm. um, then your franchise, I think, is going to be in good hands. The problem is, if I'm speaking candidly, is I think people are still – Davis Mills still has a small sample size of film, a small sample size of tape. And on top of that, he's just not Deshaun Watson, and I get that. The last quarterback Houston brought in that had a small sample size of tape and mm, film mm. was Brock Osweiler. He's already better than him. <laughs> I didn't turn out in my good. book. It, no, in my book as well. I, I thought Brock <laughs> Osweiler was the Texas worst free agent signing outside of Air Reed. But the, the thing that is not fair is the only reason why he's in this situation is because of the choices made by your previous franchise quarterback so if you are a fan of this franchise then you should look at those decisions and say you chose to make this decision to leave we're mad about that but we cannot really hold that against this new guy now when this new guy has a bad game when we look at when we look at the game against the buffalo bills you hold it against that against them for that game when you look at the game against the uh indianapolis Colts. You hold that against him for that game. But when you have games like he did against the New England Patriots, when he goes out there and throws for three tutties and zero, zero interceptions, or against the Chargers, I thought was maybe his best game, he threw for a 77.7 completion percentage, 254 yards, and two touchdowns on interceptions. When you go out there and have games like that, then you should hold – if you hold a bat against him, hold him to a better standard when he has better games and moments and give him a, a fair shot. A fair shot. That's all we're saying here on the Locked On Texas podcast. I definitely want to tell you guys before we go and dive into the YouTube comments about Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of sports betting wagering this 2022 season. All that action at betonline.ag. A new year, a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 year. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game Starts. Thanks for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Be sure to check out our Monday show, a game recap, whether it be Victory Monday or as we anticipate another loss Monday. But now make your second listen to Locked On Best Podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Best, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Cody, we had dinner in a couple of weeks, so it's time to get back to it. Can't thank the guys and thank the listeners and thank the viewers for getting us to 400 subscribers. 
and not acknowledge them how we normally do. So I'm going to dive right into it. Sarah McCoy, who normally she always has some great comments on YouTube. So Sarah, when and if you see this, I just want to say, hey, you are great. <laughs> on the show where the back to earth, that was a funny title too, back to earth, back to reality, I guess, for the Houston Texans. Uh, that show, she mentioned that I don't think it was the play calling and as much as it was the lack of execution. It is imperative to improve the offensive line. No running attack, 3.2 yards per carry to complement the passing attack. It starts up front. Please, Texans, draft Alabama's Evan Neal. Do you want to take that before no. I do? Uh, no, you could take it. You could take it. So <laughs> before I, I address the, I guess, the Evan Neal comment, I will say this. I 100% agree. Nobody is going to succeed in this game unless you're Brady or unless you're one of the uh, the Mahomes of the world. Not too many people are going to succeed without a running game. I 100% agree, which is why in my mock draft, that you guys can check out on the draftnetwork.com. You can go and do your own mock drafts. What I did for the very first pick, I picked Kevion Thibodeau, all right? At number 37, I picked Zion Johnson, the guard, and then at number 68, I picked Alex Winstrom, another guard. I went back-to-back -back guard picks for the Houston Texans, and then at number 80, I drafted Hassan Haskins, the uh, running back. So I 100% agree with you. 3.2 yards per carry ain't going to get it done. David Johnson ain't going to get it done. For the future, Rex Burkhead ain't going to get it done. The ghost of Mark Ingram ain't going to get it done. I 100% <laughs> agree with you on that. Now, what a turn to the Evan Neal. You know, I was big on him, but then I had opportunity to watch him in that the game against Cincinnati. And as a left tackle, he's going to do great in college, which is what he did. In the NFL, I think Evan Neal is going to move to the opposite side on that right side. And I wouldn't be shocked if he's moved inside to play more of that right guard instead of tackle. Because of his feet, he's very powerful. He's very strong. However, I would feel more comfortable with him on the right side, not the left. But I would much, much more feel more comfortable with Evan Neal if he's playing guard. And if you're going to draft a tackle and move him inside to guard, well, we saw what happened with that the last time the Houston Texans did that. I would rather much so like I did in my mock draft. I would go ahead and draft those guards in the second round, second and third round. Uh, instead of the third overall pick in the NFL 2022 draft. Cody, so my boy Jalen Johnson, who also gives us great content, he says, you make a good point, John. Sauce is the real deal. It's going to be interesting to see who the Texans will take and most likely the third pick of the draft because we, are, we will pretty much need everything, so we can't go wrong with any of the top players coming out in the draft. I want to go ahead and toss this to you. Are you looking at any particular player or position to be filled with the number one, or number one, with the Texans' first pick in the 2022 draft? LSU Stingley, cornerback. That's the one guy I'm hoping that the Houston Texans get. And look, I get it. I know the offensive line needs to need need a whole entire revamp. I get it. You know, of course, every it's just the whole entire running back core. Just everybody should just be fired, release cut trade whatever you want to call it I, I get it this team has a lot of holes to fill but when i take a look at this secondary especially considering now that 
Justin Reed, you know, is chalking up the deuces. Well, he, well, he did so, say he wants to be back. It's not a guarantee. He was on a podcast on Thursday. He did mention that he wants to be back. It's not a guarantee, but he would like to be in Houston. Uh, I, I would not... I would not believe Justin Reed is going to be back until I see him sign on the dotted line, you know, smiling behind the Texans logo. You know how they always post it during the offseason. Well, Justin Reed get like his coaches uh, on a video. On a video. Will he get that same treatment as well? Whatever. I'm not going to believe it until I see his name signed on the dotted line with his agent. That's how much I believe Justin Reed is done here with the Houston Texans. However, with all that being said, I think, and look, I could be wrong, but I think Stinley from LSU might be the best defensive back in this upcoming draft. And, John, that is a hold that the Texans, they – how long has it been since they had, like, a very quality, a very good, a very reliable cornerback? Maybe since Jonathan Joseph started showing his age, maybe. Well, you know, I think. I and think that's been, and Jonathan Joseph started showing his age, what, 2018, 2019, like right when you and I started covering this team? Yeah, I, I think Gary Conley was actually a good corner. That injury really set him back. I, I, I um, take that back. Bradley Roby was pretty decent. Was, he was reliable. He was reliable. Well, I was going to mention Bradley Roby, but the thing about Houston they can't draft a corner to save their life. They drafted Kevin Johnson over Marcus Peters. Uh, remember when they drafted Kareem Jackson, Kareem didn't necessarily become the Kareem Jackson that we know and love until I want to say year three, when they mm-hmm. start moving him around and start really utilizing his talent. But specifically at corner, I'd even go back to the Dante Robinson days. I was never a fan of Dante Robinson. So, you know, given their MO, some teams just know how to draft certain positions we look at houston they know how to draft a wide receiver right we look at <laughs> yeah they do <laughs> we look at i would say the the baltimore ravens they know how to draft linebackers certain teams just don't know how to draft positions and certain teams do not draft so i would be very cautious but I'm, I'm big on sauce gardner i think if you're gonna draft a corner at number three you swing for the fences and a guy that didn't give up a touchdown in his collegiate career that that speaks volumes to me Mm. Uh, I'm just I'm just really big on Stanley. I think his upside is really high, man. And here's what I like. The possibility of Houston having these multiple first-round picks whenever they move on from Deshaun Watson. So we may be in a situation where we can go and get a tip or get a corner. Or we can go get to – we never know how it's going to play out. But once that trade goes through and able to get that Dolphins pick or whoever he goes to, you see how through the Dolphins out there, right? Then we'll be able to really value – let me evaluate this draft. Last comment from my boy, Yakum Flabber. Yakum Flabber. He said flat out, the Texans don't have enough talent. This was the back to earth show. And here's what I like most about that comment. There was a reply to that comment. And Sarah McCoy, she backdoored and said, you said a mouthful. With that being said, you guys, thank you for checking out this Friday edition of the Locked On Texas podcast. Make sure you give us that subscribe, that subscription on YouTube. We're on the road to 1,000, but follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow the Locked On Texas page at Locked On Texas. Then like us on Facebook. And you guys, make sure Cody's going to give you his his, um, his 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 credentials and tags. But make sure you give Cody a follow. Everything Texan-related, Rockets-related. Now, in a couple of weeks, Sabercats-related. Our boys <laughs> everywhere in the city of Houston.
Yes, sir. And please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. This is this is my last opportunity, John. I'm holding on to those five wins, baby. Five. I think please. I, I, I got to get you lunch if we get those five wins. Man, I don't care, man. If if we get Go those Titans. five wins, man. Go <laughs> I don't have much money right now. But until we see you guys on Monday, peace. peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.